Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday, everyone. And welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast. With me, Andy Goldstein, I'll be honest with you, because uh, I've sort of come to know and love you very well over the last couple of months. It's not a good podcast. Might must be turn it off now. Just stop listening. Don't even think about going back to it and listen maybe later. We'll just delete the thing and uh, take, a, take a day off. Listen to tomorrow's. Okay, you done that? You done it? Good. Then you won't hear the final word reaction to Liverpool beating Manchester United with Simon Jordan and Danny Kelly. He's still going, Salah. Salah shoots and Salah scores for Liverpool. And he winds the game up. And Liverpool have beaten Manchester United by two goals to nil. United caught on the counter-attack. What do you want to say, Jeff? What I wanted to do was I wanted to publicly eat my word. I can't, I can't praise Jordan Henderson enough for his form in the last, certainly this season and probably a bit the season before. I think the improvement that guy's made has been absolutely outstanding. And he's now, he's a, he's a pivotal part of that team. And I don't think he, be, he can be dropped again. He's just been outstanding all season. Um, and I think a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I was quite critical of him. Um, and I think the reason for that was he, he deferred too much to Steven Gerrard, in my opinion. But since then, he's now taken that midfield slot and I think he's made it his own. Outstanding for both Liverpool and for England. You know, the players are giving absolutely everything. Uh, and, of course, when you miss Scott, Paul, Marcus, that's going to... Any, any club and any team would notice that. So that might mean that we might look at some short-term uh, deals to take us to the summer. It might not. Um, Marcus will... He suffered a stress fracture uh, against Wolverhampton. He'll be out for... I don't know how long he'll be out for. He'll, we'll give him enough time to heal, of course. And normally six weeks before you can get going, like slightly probably, and then he'll need time to get match fit again. The Manchester United fan in Preston, not impressed, I think, by his team's effort today. Hi, Tom. Hi, Danny. You all right? Yeah, really good, Tom. What did you want to say about the game today? Simpot. It was absolutely ridiculous. We're a football club run by a competition winner who's got no tactical now. We go to Anfield to play for a draw. It's pathetic. I was having a drinking game. With Matic playing a forward pass, and I'm stone cold sober because I don't think he played one. <laughs> Andreas Pereira, rubbish. Daniel James shouldn't be anywhere near that pitch. Championship at standard. He looks like a year seven when year 11s have robbed his football. And he's it's pathetic. I didn't understand. I didn't understand the selection of Williams at the left hand side of midfield. He's been doing so good at fullback. You end up with two fullbacks playing on top of each other. Exactly, and it's a joke of a football club, and it's embarrassing. Liverpool are going to win the league because we're Tim Pot, and something's got to change. 
we're going to have a manager probably smiling in the tunnel now, laughing and joking, dead happy, saying, oh, we did well, we played good for five minutes. Uh, Liam's a Manchester United fan in Blackpool wants to talk about the game. Hello, Liam. Hiya, guys, you OK? Yeah, really good. What do you want to say, my friend? Yeah, it was just, it was absolutely shocking. It was abysmal to watch. You know, we're Manchester United at the end of the day. Everything that we played forward went straight to Virgil van Dijk. And I'm not taking anything away from him. He's, no, no. You know what I mean? In my opinion, the best defender on the on the planet. Um, but literally everything we pushed forward just went straight to him. And there was no playing around him. We had corners and we had Fred was around Virgil. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, well, Maguire should be stood on Virgil it was, because uh, he's got the side that, about him. I mean, I've got to be honest with you, uh, Liam. I was watching that. I mean, don't forget, I'm not, I've am not. i not got the volume up. I'm only watching the pictures while I'm listening to Simon uh, and trying yeah. to make the show entertaining. I watched those corners where Fred, I know he's only supposed to be blocking him, but Fred against Virgil van Dijk at a corner, uh, call me old-fashioned, it's just dim. It's dim-witted. Absolute, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's like, it's literally like David and Goliath, except... David doesn't stand a chance. He hasn't got a slingshot with him, no. And it, we, exactly. VAR would give a penalty if he had a slingshot with him. Well, exactly. And I think even, even as a United fan to watch it, the fact that that goal got ruled out was, in my opinion, ridiculous. You know, Virgil, he was watching the ball the whole time. Um, his eyes didn't move off the ball. You could see that in all of the replays. He's obviously done it by accident. The keeper's gone in. The keeper knew where Virgil was. Um, and he's gone in for it. It, it definitely, In my opinion, it, it shouldn't have been ruled out. It was a goal. Um, the advantage of Man United is that it did get ruled out. But literally every single ball we played forward went to him. And it's just, he's got, he's just a world-class defender. He's got the passing capability of someone special. And he just kept on getting it away and giving it to the forward boys. I mean, luckily Liverpool didn't really have a great day. Otherwise, we could have got absolutely battered you by could, him. If, if, the, if the scoreline had been 4-0 at the end of that game, I wouldn't have said it was a poor reflection of the match. Um, no, and not at all. No, no, it's a, a, a very difficult. I come from a background of looking at Man United... Not with a great deal of admiration or fawning, faint, you know, uh, uh, admiration, because I was the owner of another football club that at times competed with Manchester United. But there's something about this 27-year period over the Premier League, 28 years, that has involved Man United's f- footprint and, f- uh, you know, a- 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 an impression all over it. And you're now looking at a club that's cyclically in decline. And given that this game is now moving so quickly. And all the moving pieces that this league makes up are changing. You've got Everton that might come at some point. You've got Wolves that are potentially to come. You've got the increase in Leicester. Despite their winning of the Premier League, they are recoming, restabilising again and moving on with Brendan Rodgers. You've got Liverpool and Man City. You know, 30 points between Liverpool and Manchester United at this stage in the season is incredible. And... You know, there was this old thing, I won't use the language Alex Ferguson said about knocking them off their effing perch, yeah. but there was also the idea, and this is what I have written about, which is that that, that Liverpool in the 70s and 80s kind of laughingly said, if that lot around the corner ever get their act together, we may be we may be in trouble. Now, the exact converse is applying because Liverpool have got their act together and Manchester United are now being eroded. Their financial status is being eroded. Their performance on the pitch is being eroded. Their achievements are clearly eroded by definition. The player acquisition policy is flawed. Their manager isn't fit for purpose, in my view. The players they've got there aren't good enough. So how long is a piece of string? But the, but Liverpool were close with Brendan Rodgers. And then they made a decision, which is a game-changer, which is they, they you know the season where, they, where Rodgers got them to, 30, uh, to second in the 13-14 season when they had Sturridge, Suarez and Sterling at full throttle was a season they should have won the league. The following season he disappointed and then the start of, that, of the 15-16 season he got the boot and Klopp's come in and okay, he's had three finals that he's lost but now you've got a real winner on your hands and they do not have the same thing 
at Manchester United. Now, it may be that they can turn Ole Gunnar Solskjaer into a leader and a winner, but I don't think leaders are educated and I think they're born. I think it's a natural characteristic to lead and I don't think Solskjaer is the answer for Man United. And I'm sorry if it keeps on being a circular conversation. To go to your question, who knows? But I think it's going to be a very long ball of string. Now, moving away from football, who cares about football? It's boring anyway. Let's talk cricket. I love cricket. So do I. Here's how day four of the third test sounded on TalkSport 2's exclusive coverage between South Africa and England. Clinton de Kock, it's the middle stump, flattened. New ball in hand, ball at the stumps. England have dismissed South Africa for 209. Joe Root has already made the decision that uh, his men are going to come straight back out. It's going to continue, he's bowled him! Elgar's walking off, looking at the pitch. I don't know quite what he's looking for there. I'd look where your off stump is, mate. It's lying on the ground behind you. It's uh, ballooned out on the onside. What a catch! Ollie Pope has his man Vanderdessen. Ollie Pope's just channeled his inner Superman to take that one out of the sky. Poor batting from South Africa. Terrible batting. Letting a part-timer just bowl and bowl and bowl. Oh, it's a terrible shot and it's caught. It's an absolute shocker from Quentin de Kock. It really is. Mark Wood, Tigger, a backward point, bounced up in the air, caught it with two hands above his head. Well, this is just incredible. It's almost a bit of a brain fade. Let's stay with cricket, shall we? Rather than talk about Liverpool and whatever they did, yeah, there's no point. Let's make the whole podcast cricket. England fast bowler Mark Wood now with Mark Butcher and Darren Goff talking cricket rather than football. Very pleased to say that we've been joined by uh, Tigger himself, um, Mark Wood, who's been <laughs> bouncing around the outfield, springing into uh, his bowling action, springing uh, uh, to uh, to take catches as well. Uh, mate, it must be great first and foremost to have the, the Whites back on and be back out playing for England again. Yeah, uh, amazing feeling. Um, waited a long time, even just for. I mean, oh. even the last one was a white ball game. But that was in July, so it's been a long time. Uh, didn't get a, a wicket first innings, and then to see uh, Dean Elgar's stump going tumbling back was an amazing feeling, one I'd waited a long time for. Yep, stump went a long way too. Uh, you generated some some decent pace. How is the body? Good. I was a bit tired at the end, if I'm honest. Um, bowling six overs a bounce, I took it out of us a little bit. But uh, <laughs> um, look, freshen up for tomorrow and uh, get ready for some more bounces again tomorrow. Well, I'm guessing that Goffey might have one or two things to, to say about that. But, you know, did you ever think to yourself, Perhaps I might be better off aiming at the top of off stump and trying to get my wickets that way. Yes, but uh, you know you've got to bowl in partnerships. The captain um, obviously tried to create some rough for the um, off spinner, so around the wickets, some short stuff, um, and just trying to mix it up. Like I say, bowling in partnerships, and, and the, if the captain wants um, me to play that role, then I've got to do what's best for the team. Yeah, you did. I said you did a good job for the team, bowling short and bowling quick. And it's always exciting watching someone bowl 90 miles an hour plus consistently every single ball. Because I know it's not well. I never did it consistently. I might have done it once every blue moon. But I think what we saw today, where England pitched the ball up, get the ball in the right areas, create pressure, and guess what? The stumps came into play, and the stumps went out of the ground. So it was excellent to see. Could you see? Did was there a bit more in the pitch today than there has been the previous couple of days? You think? Um. I'm not quite sure. I don't know how to answer that. I think early on, Brody and Sam um, would would made a conscious effort to bowl at the stumps a little bit more. All the way it's in the game. There's been no nick offs, nothing like that. It's all been uh, catches around the wicket or bowls and LBW. So I think with that new ball, they wanted to give it a chance, be at the stumps, and um, they were fantastic this morning. I mean, uh, Brody was 
obviously phenomenal. He's a, a guy that's been so consistent. But I was so pleased for Sam because that was a big wicket to cock um, for us as a team. And um, it hit, that really set the tone this morning um, and forced the follow-on. And then there was sort of a good sort of hard graft about the day. It wasn't It wasn't just a, oh, we're going to steamroll and we had to work hard for our wickets. Um, and like you say, when we've pitched it up, I mean, later, later on, I know I bowled short um, and that was the plan. But with that new ball, I think um, we've getting my tactics uh, right where, where we went at the stumps. Um, what are you? Uh, what do you guys make of Joe Root being a wicket away from a five? Um, I saw the smiles on on everybody's faces out there. Everybody's completely delighted for him. Um, I suspect he'll be he'll reminding all of you that uh, that's how you bowl on pitches like that. Exactly. I think. Uh, look, I think he is under bold. He's a, he's a guy that does get. Uh, good players out and he gets wickets but of course he uh, he is the captain and he has to bowl at the end that's spinning the most so you put poor Bessie at the other end while he bowled at the, at the end we're just turning miles so uh, yeah but look delighted for, for Rudy um, his captain it must be a hard job so uh, nice for him to get some wickets Remember you can also catch all the action from South Africa by listening to the Andy Goldstein's Following On Cricket Podcast available every day of the tour on Apple Podcasts, Acast and Spotify. Now, earlier on, I joked that you should be uh, turning off the podcast and not bothering it. That was, of course, because after I said all of that, we went straight into chat about Liverpool beating Manchester United. But genuinely now, I honestly mean it, turn the podcast off. Honestly, turn it off. I'm doing you a huge favour here. You don't want to listen to Max, whatever his name is, and Barry Glenn Barry's fine. I don't mind Barry. Who wants to listen to what's his face? Turn it off now or just fast forward it a bit. Otherwise, you hear this chancer on TalkSport. Let's play Coverhouse. John Bumstead. Mark Dennis. Tommy Widrington. Gary Penrose. Danny Maddox. Dane Whitehouse. Chris Marsden. Chris Marshall. Mark Draper. Sorry, I'm going to have to... Uh, Culverhouse. Culver, yeah, you were saying Chris Marshall, the detective from Death <laughs> Paradise, season six to eight. <laughs> yes. Ian Culverhouse. I do apologize. I meant to say Ian Marshall. Where did Chris Marshall come from? Well, I gave you a look, but I presume maybe it was just somewhere that I, you know, it, it, it wasn't in my repertoire. But come on, Barry. Yeah, I was, I'm sorry. I ruined the game. Uh, I'm, I'm like Steve Cook, that handball. <laughs> it was instinct, wasn't yeah. it? Chris Marshall. Can't have Death in Paradise detectives. In Culver House. Shame on you, Barry. Apologies to everyone. So Sorry no for... Ard Lohanlon? No. No Ben Miller? No Ben Miller. No Ralph Little? Okay. Can't have any of them. Um, uh, if that's ruined your Sunday, I can only apologise. There you go, Barry Glendenin. And uh, bring an idiot to work day, obviously working out for him. Right, on now to game day. It was Newcastle against Chelsea. And of course, Newcastle won it with virtually the last kick of the game. Oh, how that puts a smile back on my face. Let's hear from the managers. Firstly, Frank Lampard and then Stevie Bruce. Richie makes the burst into the box. Sam Maximum with a deep ball in and the header is in! Isaac Hayden has won it for Newcastle in the 94th minute and there is Bedlam all around St James's Park. Everyone in the stadium saw what happened. One team controlled the game for huge parts of it. I think they had a, a few headers, which I think you can never stop Newcastle doing, and they're big. Um, but other than that, it was all us. Create, created a lot, had chances, didn't take them, and suck a punch at the end. It's football, isn't it? That's why we enjoy it. That's why we enjoy it so much in this country. It's why we enjoy the Premier League, because, let's be fair, it's not often the big boys get turned over. And, um, and to do it against 
Chelsea today, and we've done it now against Man U and Tottenham, and, and drew with Man City. You know, has picked up a vital ten points where you, we wouldn't expect it. So, uh, you know, it's <laughs> it was our day, our night, our night. Even changing Isaac to a wing back, you know, you know that when he scores the winner, and your assistant managers send them back from the corner, <laughs> then you know it's your day. So we'll take it when it comes along. You're listening to Talk Sport Daily. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Time to head over now to the weekend sports breakfast show with Georgie Bingham and Big Tony. <clears throat> Tony Cascarino. And of course, Tony is alluding to the fact that Wolves have what it takes to be a front runner in the Premier League. Although I don't actually know what front runner means. I mean, you would assume from the word front that he thinks they can win the Premier League, but that, of course, is madness. What does front runner mean? No one really knows that. So here's Tony talking about a word that he doesn't really know what it means. They are the side that look like the team that can break the top four. I think the Europa League has had, had a massive effect on Wolves, but the players that play up front are super quick. They're all technically gifted and they hurt you. You always look at Wolves and think they'll, if they get round you, they'll create chances and they have an aerial threat as well. Time now to check in with... When are you going to put me on? In a minute, Saggers. He's coming. Going, put me on now. All right, blimey. Let's go over to the Sunday exclusive with Mark Saggers. Now! Wait, so impatient today. Ray Houghton and David Connolly. Talking about Arsenal drawing 1-1 with Sheffield United. Also from game day. Best play! Certainly, with no Aubameyang, that was a huge boost for them as soon as obviously they know he's not playing. And that was an opportunity for them to at least come away with a point. And judging by the second half, he changed it. Chris Wilder went to a diamond, tried to get back in the game. They certainly did that. And, you know, in the end, they might have nicked another one. I mean, Arsenal were, were, were nowhere near their best. They, they really weren't. And um, big call taken off Lacazette, one up. Really big call. I don't think it was the right call. Um, you're up against side in sixth, who are superb away from home, mm. who had you under the cosh, who'd made a formation change and personnel change. I think he had to keep him on. He's his captain. You know, he's he's the one with his back to go. He can actually get hold of the ball. Pepe, bit too loose in possession. One of them thinks he's sort of, at times, in the playground. And I just think he needed a few more 
proper men out there who really mm. know how to see the game out, and he didn't. Well, that's been the problem down the years for Arsenal all round. And uh, Arteta there, he's, he's obviously he's had an opportunity to get him to work a bit harder, but he's, he's not had an opportunity to do much else at this stage of the well, season. Well, we I mean, I've seen him down at Bournemouth, and yeah, he's trying to change it. He's trying to do what Manchester City do. Is when you're playing out from the back, yeah. the free forwards don't come short. They go right up the pitch, so there's a lot of space for your midfielders to get on the ball. Just not the personnel there, Mark. <laughs> so he's going to have to wait. Yeah, but are they going to spend money this well, summer? I mean, well, they never well, spend any well, money. Well, I'm, I'm, one of the reasons he's gone here was obviously he must have been told that he's going to be money made available to him. The other thing, they're a bit like Chelsea. They've got youngsters coming through who yes. in two or three years' time might be very, very good. Their potential at the moment. You know, you don't really know which way they're going to go. They could be really brilliant mm -hmm. and they might just be that's where they are at the minute they're not going to get any better I don't know but do they look like a side that for a two three seasons possibly are going to be just mid-table yeah but then if, if, if they're going to if they don't improve the personnel then is Aubameyang going to stay can you well, keep no. luck is it no well, well Aubameyang definitely well then if you can't keep then then who do you bring in I mean the boy I like Martinelli because I think he's got a great attitude He'll score you a goal, you get sent to the right areas to finish off the move. So I don't think there's any real problem uh, from that point of view. Where they are struggling at the minute is you've got Xhaka and Torreira. I've watched them. I like Torreira playing a little bit deeper, but Xhaka gets caught he gets caught square on too often. Once they get involved in the build-up playing, he's not mobile enough and he doesn't shift the ball quickly enough. I mean, I've seen a lot of players like that around the Premier League for a long, long time. And if you're going to play out from the back, you need players to get on the half-turn like when uh, when he was at uh, Manchester City, he's got Fernandinho gets on the after, and he's got De Bruyne who does that, and he's got David Silva who does it. So that's the different personnel he's working with. Mm -hmm. If you've got players coming off square, Guendouzi does it all the time, Jacker does it, they can't see the, the forward pass. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're limiting your scope of where you're going to go. In the game against Leeds, Holden got the ball. He doesn't play the midfielder because he's a little bit hesitant. And all the all you got to do is play a straight ball, and then it's a ball out. It's mm. simple, honestly. You would expect a twelve-year-old that a decent team to be able to do, do it at that level. And that's com that's a, that's sometimes that's a confidence thing when you're not confident in playing into someone mm. to, to, to lay it off. It's really basic. Now, I don't know about you, but this weekend's Premier League was rubbish, really. The best football was, of course, from Europe, which is why the Trans-Europe Express, with me, Andy Goldstein, was so darn good. And the word darn's not used anywhere near as much as it should be. So, here we go. Let's check in with the best bits of Andy Goldstein's Trans-Europe Express, with me, Andy Goldstein, and two other people. I can't remember their names. going to go for a long time now for, for many months yet they've not got all their ducks in a row that's what I find really difficult and what Val Valverde did very very well for all the issues that people may have with him while he was doing so well domestically which he did for most of his time in charge it shielded the board the very under pressure board when he arrived from accusations of incompetence bear in mind that he took over when they'd uh, just lost Neymar and when the sense was that there was a growing rebellion in the fan base that these guys do not know how to 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 manage our club under under Bartomeu, the, the 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 president now now the border exposed again and they've exposed them themselves really because they've known really since going back to liverpool that they so this is what i know nearly a year but like 8 months 9 months they've known that they're going to have to make a change at some point so why didn't they think about what they were going to do? I mean, they made a they made an approach to Xavi, 
again, which is a, a real flyer. Ideologically, we talked about it last week, maybe it works, but in terms of his experience, it's it's just a total flyer. Then they talked to Ronald Koeman, and he turned it down. They talked to Mauricio Pochettino, and he wanted some time to think about it. Now, I think that much encouragement must make you think, do we hold out for him? And I think he probably is a coach worth worth holding out for. But you know what? They just said, we've got to do it. We've got to do it now because they'd already sacked Valverde because they dealt with it really badly. I don't know why. If they thought Pochettino was a genuine idea, why didn't they have a word with him through an intermediary a month, six weeks ago, and then get further down the road? to binning Valverde. But instead, they're in this situation where Setien, even though, as Mark was saying, ideologically, he's an interesting enough fit for, for Barcelona, he's clearly not first choice. He's clearly not even second choice. Now, those familiar with the segment known as Sporting Heretics, both of you in the Glory Hunters podcast will know guests are invited to express an idea or opinion designed to shock the sporting establishment. This week, comedian Ivo Graham wants to ban international tournaments. So sit back, relax, both of you, and have a listen to this. What are the two biggest problems in the world at the moment? The rise of nationalism and the climate crisis. Let's get rid of, well, let's not sort both of them out just like this, but I think one significant step uh, would not be having the travelling circus. That is an international sports tournament. For example, a, a major international football tournament every two years. We're seeing in Australia, it is ludicrous that the Australian Open is going ahead, what with what's going on in Australia. And every couple of years, particularly when a country has to completely uh, sort of go on some large-scale building project, like, like, like in Brazil, if they build sort of five new stadiums just for the World Cup, it is an engineering nightmare. It is uh, speeding up the death of this planet as we know it. And the tournaments often aren't any good anyway. Let's be honest. Let's focus on our domestic uh, teams and let's focus on international club tournaments. Maybe you can still have the Champions League, I would say, which is always more exciting than the World Cup. The World Cup is an absolute bore off. England, in my lifetime, have had, there have been two fun international tournaments. There's been Euro 96 and there's been the World Cup 18 months ago. And apart from that, I couldn't care less about what's happening in any of them. You, we wouldn't miss it at all. You'd get a proper summer holiday. Comics would be able to get some audiences of their Edinburgh previews in July. <laughs> and we wouldn't have millions of the world's worst people, international football fans, schlepping it around the globe, stinking up the tourist industries of countries oh. they've never researched so that they can support their teams in a pointless, largely pointless oh. tournament, Charlie. Oh. I don't want it. That's Glory Hunters with Charlie Baker back Sunday morning. I don't care. Well, just let me read this bit out. Back Sunday morning from 9.30. And don't forget to download the podcast from your regular podcast provider. Can't be bothered. Yours is much better. Okay. Well, that's your opinion. Anyway, you've been listening to the Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. A reminder to click and subscribe via Acast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And as if that reminder wasn't enough, I've got two more for you. The first one being tonight at 8pm. West Brom are playing Stoke in the Championship. Oh, I mean, it's live on TalkSport too. If you can be bothered to tune into that. If, if not, make sure you tune in to proper football stuff. That's my show, the Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday. Of course, today's Monday from 10pm, where I'll be looking back at most of the big games from the weekend. I'll probably leave one or two 
off. But that's it for me. Thanks so much for listening. Although I did warn you at the beginning not to. So basically, you've gone against my wishes. So we are not friends. I'll unfollow you now on Podcast World, if that was such a thing. Uh, have a great day. Remember, join me at 10pm for tonight. More of the same. Not, not the same. I won't be doing another podcast. But, well, I will. But uh, anyway, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustoleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.